0: All right. Of course, this is another episode of Mic Drop, where I, Mike Osti, drop the mic. And of course, this is presented by Pittsburgh Sports Live and throughout our Sports Now family of networks, wherever it should lie. Again, this one is going to be a live edition of the show, so feel free to drive the bus with me, comment, chat along, tweet me, whatever. I'll try to engage. I'll try to respond to what you're saying and where you want to take this and if you don't take it anywhere then there's a few topics that are on my mind that i will touch on and they will involve the pittsburgh steelers they will involve kind of readdressing and relitigating the 2021 nfl draft not the 2022 nfl draft where i've done tons of shows on and we have tons of shows here on our channel and over there at steelers now But on the 2021 NFL draft, and the whole conversation about if the Steelers should have taken Najee Harris or not, or if they should have dipped into the offensive line, or how good is Najee, or how much of an impact can Najee have if the offensive line isn't getting it done, etc. Nick Saban, he's had some words. Nick Saban feels he's God. He speaks, you're going to listen. and In fact, everybody really does listen. So in a way, he does have a deity effect. Jimbo Fisher former assistant under Nick Saban. They won national title together back in 03 with LSU. And then, of course, they parted ways, and Nick Saban became the GOAT of college coaches. And Jimbo Fisher did okay for himself as well. At Texas A&M, didn't really like it too much. They went back and forth. They're, of course, going to play this year. That's going to add intrigue to the college football season. And even Jordan Addison, looking like USC. Mike and I have done, Mike Fikovian and I have done tons of mic'd up shows about that topic. They're all through this channel, so feel free to browse along kind of always was USC. If he would have went to Texas, that would have been more egg on USC's face after getting it this far. Lincoln Riley going to USC. He knows what he's doing. He's taking advantage of name, image and likeness and the ability to use that money and use that market sucks for Pitt, but that's the way of the system right now. We'll kind of talk about all of that. We certainly can go in that direction on if that's run amok a little bit because he's making more money than maybe some NFL draft picks. Maybe there's incentive to actually not go the NFL draft, which I argued before that if you kind of open it up and let somebody go to the draft whenever they could, and you don't have this weird rule, you have to stay for a few years. You let them go. Whenever somebody wants to employ you, you should be allowed to get employed and accept that employment, whether it's a good or a bad decision. But does that even make sense? Maybe Jordan Addison would be better off with less contact and more money right now, regardless. So again, Mike Osti, it is Mike drop here. And, I will see what you got for me. And as I wait for you to bring me something, let's go to pro football focus right now. Because PFF, you got to give it to them, to be honest with you. I know many of you are annoyed at the outlet in general and anybody who works for it, but you got to tip your cap a little bit or respect the game because every time they say anything, it generates a buzz. They know what they're doing. The people that complain the most about PFF are the people that also react to PFF, consume PFF, and worry about what PFF has to say. If you don't like PFF, just don't worry about it. Don't get your panties in a bunch and don't freak out and don't engage back and forth. I had a colleague talking about why does somebody quote tweet them? It helps them. Yeah, you're going to quote tweet them and think you're dunking on them, think you're dropping the mic on them. It's not working. It's what they want, but I will, I'm going to do it here. So it's already ran amok. So it doesn't matter now, but I'm going to address my thoughts on their recent comments on Najee Harris, 2021 NFL draft. And to be honest with you, and again, to be fair, I'm not going to lie. I going into the 2021 draft, and you can find my shows throughout this channel, throughout Steelers now throughout myriad of other outlets, I thought, yes, they're in love with Najee Harris. It would be a good pick, but you don't draft a, a running back in the first round. I thought that. I was against drafting a running back in the first round. 100%. I was against drafting a running back in the first round for a couple of reasons. Number one, the shelf life's short. You're looking at three or four years max. You're not going to be there after your rookie deal, likely. The amount of running backs that sign that second deal and actually have that second deal work out and be a positive Minuscule. It's not it, it, you're gonna end up in a Le'Veon Bell mess, or even if you don't get in drama, you're gonna end up with having it not work out for you, and you don't want to be in that deal as long as it could go. Teams are winning championships without an elite back, even though, of course, having an elite back, Mike Tomlin likes elite backs. He likes that 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 bell, bell cow that ball toter or whatever he calls it. He likes that. So I get it. I get that you have an impact player. It's hard to say no. I get that. But and I'm not hating on Najee either. Great guy, fun to be around, solid player for sure, can make something out of nothing at times, bad situation, but a good year. But you knew the offensive line was going to be what it was. You just did. You knew the offensive line was going to be what it was. There was no way to go into, I guess, two years ago and figure the offensive line was going to be good. There was no way to go into this season and figure the offensive line was going to be good. So you knew the offensive line was bad, You then draft Najee, and you knew the offensive line was going to be bad. And who knows about the future of this O-line. It's another year of maturation. Guys, together a little bit longer, you do feel like there's nowhere to go but up. But, again, we're not talking about a murderer's row offensive line here or a solid offensive line or any O-line that's going to lead you anywhere. This isn't the early 90s Cowboys offensive line. So Najee can make something happen. His yards per carry weren't there. Maybe he did win you a game or so that you wouldn't have otherwise win. But you don't need an elite back to win. That's been proven. Financially speaking, in terms of using the entire roster and the cap in the future, four or five years in, giving it all to a running back, not really a good idea. Certainly when you eventually have to pay a quarterback and other positions, they just had to pay TJ Watt tons, even though now they have Mitch on a friendly couple year bridge. And then obviously a rookie deal with Kenny Pickett, Ben being gone. But still, and again, I think you you can slice it two ways. I don't take back my criticism of the pick, okay? So I guess I agree with BFF there. I do think you you don't draft an elite running back, even if he's an elite running back. I just don't like drafting running backs in the first round. The shelf life's not there. Production's not going to matter that much. You don't need an elite running back. And it's almost impossible to really get going and take over and be an MVP back, for example, with a bad offensive line. So his yards per carry, it's not all his fault because of the O-line. His yards were there overall. you got to hand it to him for taking the beating, but you're, he was handcuffed. You're going to be handcuffed. That's why maybe you say no to the running back in the first round and you build up that O-line. Maybe if you didn't love anyone in the offense on the offensive line, maybe you don't, you don't want to reach for a guy, but if you have an offensive lineman there, if you like, there were, there were offensive linemen that were there. So I would have rather – it would have been boring. <laughs> it wouldn't have been as sexy. It wouldn't have been as great for interviews. I don't think our views would be as high on, on a clip of an O-lineman versus Najee Harris and Pearly Whites, for example. Let's put it to you that way, there's money there. I, financially, business is better booming with a running back, like him, with a personality. It's good for us. But in terms of the Steelers overall as a team, I, I don't believe drafting a running back in the first round is a good idea and was a good idea unless he signs the second – contract and is there for another three years also at elite play hard to believe that's looking at six seven years of elite play and who knows when the offer line is going to be better it's just not how it goes with running backs and do you really even want to give all that money to a back as well so it's hard for me to to disagree there and i'm not seeing much disagreement right now so i don't know if i should move on or not but again Mike drop here on pittsburgh sports live steelers now is where you want to find our steelers coverage of course our new edition chris carter formerly of DK Pittsburgh sports now among the fold. So you can find him and his work there amongst the whole team. We, we got, we got murderers row here right now. I'll tell you that going in to training camp and then going into next season, but Najee Harris, again, a good year. It's hard to set records for yards as a rookie running back for an historic franchise and say, it wasn't a good year. It was a good year. He had a good year. And I don't think the yards per carry can crush him and say it was a bad year. It was a good year maybe it wasn't the greatest year that people are saying but it was a good year because he can't be blamed really for the arts carry because of that o-line but that goes back to maybe why you don't do it so if you're going to relitigate the 2021 nfl draft i don't believe it to be bad overall though because that goes back to what pff said the offensive line was not bad over or the, the draft was, the opposite line was bad the draft was not bad overall so in addition to Najee, a good player, of course, an impact player, even though maybe you don't go running back in the first round normally, Pat Friermuth certainly emerging, could be a solid tight end for the future, could be one of the best tight ends in the league, already became that hands and blocker guy that he wasn't at Penn State. So just a hands player there. He's laid out some solid blocks. He, ben loved him for a year. I I, I think Pat Friermuth is going to be great. Okay, I, I do think that pick is going to work out. That's in that draft. So again, it's hard to say the whole draft was bad. It just wasn't. They're looking to sensationalize things. It's hard to get on Najee Harris for about what happened last year and say his season was bad. It just wasn't. It wasn't all his fault, and it just wasn't a bad year. But you could argue maybe against drafting running backs in the first round. Maybe that's why. And maybe if the offensive line isn't nearly good enough, that's going to be your problem. I do see tons of you here in the chat, so feel free to counter anything I'm saying here to chat along. We don't need just always let's go Steelers. And, you know, I agree and different comments like that. Cause I don't mind them. Don't always get them. Don't mind them. Do see some of those in the chat right now, but we see tons more watching. So feel free to jump in and take the show a different direction. If you would like also, of course, find us on social media at PGH sports live here for the PSL YouTube channel account. Of course, PGH Steelers now at PGH sports now at WB sports now at Nittany sports now, or I think it's Nittany SN actually on Twitter and a myriad at PGH baseball. Now a myriad of our now network sites here, hit that subscribe button bottom of the video, even comment below. I'll fire back the comment at you. And when you subscribe, you get notifications. When any of these shows are released to you as well as what else we're doing here, whether it be coaching player interviews, etc. we have a lot going on. The dra- okay, so we have a comment here that may be a little counter. The draft was good because he had to play, but does that really make it good? So you're saying the draft was good because Najee had to play? Is that where you're going with it? I mean, Najee was going to play. It's a running back's not a position that you're going to draft a guy like a quarterback and have him sit for a couple of years. Like, you know, Kenny Pickett may not play this coming season. I, I think he's going to get in eventually. I don't think he's going to be a week one starter, but maybe he'll win the battle in camp. That's certainly possible. It's a whole nother conversation, really, between him and Mitch. But if you have him sit for a few weeks and Mitch start or even if he sits this year, it's not the end of the world. That happens to quarterbacks. OK, it's not the end of the world. You're not going to do the term running back. though. You're not going to draft a running back in the first round and have him not play. So he had to play because they didn't have tons of backs. They don't have tons of backs still. Okay, it's still a question mark. You need more behind Najee Harris than what the Steelers have. But he was always going to play, whether it be a first, second, third, whatever. I mean, maybe not third, but he was going to play. He was a guy who was going to play. He was NFL ready. The Steelers drafted him to play, and and he was never not going to play. It's just not the case with running backs drafted that high. But again, drafting a running back in the first round is a risky gamble. That's why the criticism was there. That's why the criticism is there. And that's why the criticism is always going to be there unless they show tons of team success. He does sign to a second contract and plays well a couple years into that second contract. If those three things don't happen, you're going to have people all the time. maybe be like me or whoever saying that that was a reach and that you don't go running back in the first round, but they couldn't resist Najee. They couldn't resist Kenny Pickett. They couldn't resist certain, certain players. They couldn't resist Devin Bush a few years ago and they traded up to get him. They fall in love. They fall in love. Moore and Green were not ready to play. Yeah, again, I mean, there, there can be players. Najee Harris was ready to play, <laughs> which is the topic here. A running back is gonna erect in the first round is gonna play, gonna play right away, and Najee Harris ready to play. So Najee Harris ready to play. You could certainly have other positions you could argue against, like receivers, another impact position right away. So George Pickens, Calvin Austin, the third they're going to be getting some chances. They're going to certainly George Pickens. They're going to be playing right away. You're not just going to give a guy 20 catches and sit him down as a receiver. If he's a top three round draft pick or something like that, and even later and a running back, certainly a top two round running back is, is going to get time and definitely a first rounder. So definitely a first rounder. But again, it goes back to what I was saying that I can understand why You don't go running back in the first round with a really bad offensive line. That is a question mark. That is a concern that is arguably not a necessity because teams have won without it. And you're handcuffing the back with the offensive line being as bad as you knew it was going to be. And quite frankly, it's so we that's remaining a question mark that's 2022 NFL draft separate. I graded it. There's shows on it. I gave you my analysis on it. I gave the Steelers an A. They got their QB of the future. It was the only QB of the first round, but they got their guy. They really feel position-wise to get him weapons, whoever it'll be. the Pickens' pick might even be the best of the whole draft. They got defensive help at the end with the Marvin Leal. That's solid, a middle-round pick being him, and that could really help the D-line with question marks still around Stephon it. So I do really like the of 2022 draft, maybe more than 2021, just because you're not reaching for a running back. But they need to get it back at some point. And we'll see but there were backs in the third round they could have gotten 2021 and they could have got offensive linemen before that still would have helped them on the ground and maybe would have won one game less but what would that really mattered in the long run and the offensive line would have still been what it is but to shift focus unless you tell me to go back but to shift focus here and I am happy that we got some counter chat action rather but to shift focus Nick Saban had some words, (laughs) so I don't mind when Nick Saban talks. I actually like when Nick Saban talks, when Nick Saban talks, it's kind of funny. Okay. But it's also, you know, he's, he's very willing to say whatever. He's very easy. And I don't give a, you know, what mindset. And if you're the greatest coach of all time, or you have the goat resume as a college football coach, and you're kind of bulletproof, why not? But Nick Saban talking about, you know, how certain businesses need to step up and things like that in this NIL era. And that is actually true, but also getting into Texas A&M, paying a player and claiming that Alabama doesn't pay players, and then going into Deion Sanders and what happened there with losing the top recruit in the country a year or so ago, or maybe actually a little bit less time, and having that man get paid, basically paying him millions of dollars to come to your school. And it well, it's an HBCU, so – historical black college, not exactly what you would figure a top high school recruit in the country to go to. And years ago, it never would have happened. That player would have been at Alabama or one of those schools. And of course, Jordan Addison looking like he is going to USC. So we touched on all of this before, but just to quickly touch on it again here while I am live. I'm torn in this because number one, Nick Saban is kind of right, but he's not the guy to send this message. So that's the mic drop for you. Nick Saban's right. Nick Saban's not wrong. I can't sit here and disagree completely with what Nick Saban has to say. Nick Saban's often correct, actually. And I kind of like a very honest guy with a solid resume that nobody can touch. And I'm just going to tell you how it is. You got to respect that. I'd probably be the same way if I was in his position. Many of you would be, too. But Nick Saban's not even wrong here. Things have got completely out of control, completely out of control. I don't think when players were looking to get paid years ago and you had different conversations about unionizing and different lawsuits and litigation, et cetera, and then we got to this point now with NIL and name, image, and likeness, that anybody thought, well, maybe they thought this, but that anybody wanted it to become just a pro league and where it's a pro league like major league baseball more than the national football league where there's no salary cap and it's just buck wild okay that's not really the greatest for college football overall that does lead to ruining college football i mean the whole idea of paying somebody millions of dollars to come to your school Pretty much just off of cash in your pocket, really. The whole Deion Sanders thing with the top recruit. That was crazy, okay? But basically just giving a guy cash. And yeah, NIL's involved. So it's not like that literally. But pretty much that's why that happened. That's why he went there. That's why players go to certain places. Now it's Jordan Addison's situation. It's all about money. And I get it. That can be an annoyance for fans, certainly an annoyance for Pit fans, You bring in a a USC transfer, you thought you're still going to have the Blitnikoff winner and best receiver in the country. He's not going to get to play with them because he's taking cash to go elsewhere. And it's also kind of messed up when you can get more doing that and not go in the NFL than if you would go in the NFL and be a draft pick. I don't know if that was envisioned either. So Nick Saban's not wrong. It's run amok. And somebody had to say it. You have a top recruit in the country out of high school going to an HBCU Nothing against them. Awesome institutions, awesome colleges. They got to always be around. There's a reason for them. Tons of history there. And you don't want to have those not have any players. There's Hall of Famers coming from those schools, like Shannon Sharp, Terrell Owens, etc. Jerry Rice. These are later on picks, though, who became legends at their positions. But to have a situation where you're seeing a top recruit out of high school go to one of those? That's not the idea when you're just getting paid. So Nick Saban's correct in what he's saying, but he's not the right messenger. Because to debunk what Nick Saban in terms of being the messenger was saying, and it's not that he's not correct in the regard of this is crazy, but Nick Saban cannot convince me that Alabama has never paid a player. Maybe he doesn't know. I'm going to assume he does. Maybe it happened before him. But we also know, and this is where I'm torn, For years and years and years and decades upon decades upon decades, watched 30 for 30s, watched Pony Express, one of my favorites. This has been going on. Players have been getting paid. Eric Dickerson went to SMU. Should have been to Texas A&M. They bought him a car. They called it the Trans A&M as a joke because they bought it for him. It wasn't legal. And what SMU was doing wasn't legal. They got the death penalty for it. But they weren't the only ones doing it. They were just so brazen. They got in contracts. They couldn't get around. They were running a pro team there at SMU. They were just thumbing their nose, and they were made the example of, and it gave them the death penalty. Program's never nearly been the same. Took them 30 years to get to a bowl game. They're mediocre. It's never going to be what it was. And I don't know if college football would ever do that to another program again because, man, they, they, they killed them. And SMU in the 80s, in the early to mid-80s, was a power, was a national power one of Joe Pa's national titles, should have been SMU. Okay, could have had an undefeated season. I mean, SMU was that great. Eric Dickerson, one of the best backs of all time, a part of SMU, obviously. But everyone was doing it. So it wasn't also fair for a while to have, and this is more modern times, say 90s to a couple years ago, wasn't fair at all that you're having everybody make millions upon millions of dollars, certainly in college basketball and football. So the two top dogs like it or not, except for the players. So it's always been going on well before those modern times where the money just went to astronomical levels. But it wasn't fair once it got there. So before it was just crazy. Everyone was doing it. It's hard to punish one when everyone's doing it, but some are doing cheating better than others and doing things under the radar. There always are going to be athletes that want to go to school, want to go to college, football or basketball just to play the sport and don't care about school. You're never going to get around that. But once you have a situation where everyone was making millions of dollars except for the player, that's a problem. OK, that's a problem when you have a situation where everyone's making millions of dollars except for the player. That's definitely a problem. That definitely was unfair. And I never really even got down with the whole idea of just paying a stipend, just paying everybody out there and just 300 bucks a week or 600 bucks a week or thousand bucks every two weeks or whatever you want to do. I mean, where they? I mean, maybe if companies want to fund that, OK, if you want to in- increase. Tuition for students to get there, that doesn't seem to be something that I'm going to think it's fair to get down with. And yeah, there's tons of money at major programs, but I don't know about the smaller programs. So if you uniform it and somehow unionize it and somehow make it a pro league and force that not everyone can do it with as much efficiency. And there's a lot of players on their college football team, by the way, if everybody got to get a stack every two weeks. Yeah, I get it. It's hard to be a college athlete. I mean, I wasn't, but I I get it. I know a bunch of them. I certainly have talked to them whether it be college and media now, or when I was in college dealing with them or just in general, I get it. It's hard. You got to go to part-time job. The sport is basically your full-time job and class. You got to get to a certain level to stay there. Yeah. You're busier than me. It was crazy. Okay. I get it, but it's a whole the can of worms. Just paying everybody. And is that really fair? Cause then you're almost doing socialism. You're almost paying everybody the same amount and somebody's generating more revenue. How would it be fair to pay the office of linemen, or whoever else, the, pl- the last player on the roster, the same as what Johnny Manzel, Tim Tebow, Terrell Pryor, what they were generating, what the Fab Five was generating, would it be fair to pay the bench players what the Fab Five was generating in the early 90s on Michigan? Come on, they were revolutionaries. <laughs> That's why they, they started as, as five freshmen over top of the bench players. Giving them all the same thing would be ridiculous, would be socialism. I'm not going to get into politics, but that wouldn't be fair. So what you do and what eventually happened and where we are now, and yes, it's running muck and Nick Saban's right. And basically brokering these deals, it's kind of unfair, but it's not going to hurt Alabama. They're fine. They're Teflon. you can do whatever. They're bulletproof. Walk in a room and say, I'm Alabama. That's it. Don't even have to pay certain kids to go to Alabama. They know where the future is. They know where the NFL is. They know what gets them there in the stage they're on. So he's not going to be affected. This isn't going to hurt Bama. He's not the messenger for that, but with that said, you do have a situation where you have name, image, and likeness, and that kind of fared it up because you couldn't have a situation where everybody was getting paid but the player. So if Johnny Mendel, Tim Tebow, Terrell Pryor, whoever would be that player is able to use their name, their image, their likeness. The Fab Five wouldn't have been mad in the early 90s if this existed. They wouldn't have wore... Those plain blue shirts, they would have had Chris Webber's jersey on because Chris Webber's jersey would have made him some money. If somebody wants to buy a number four at Michigan, that money should go in Chris Webber's pocket just as much as the school and others and whoever's selling it. OK, it shouldn't be everybody's pocket except for Chris Webber. It's his number. It's him. That's why you're buying it. So name, image, and likeness kind of fares it up. If you can make money off your name, image, and likeness, all the power to you. Capitalism, it's all the power to you, to where we're living in. Okay, I'm not going to stop you. That's not fair to stop you. That's only fair when it's getting spread out to everybody else. But then, of course, you go into businesses. You go to these name, image, and likeness companies. You go into companies trying to funnel money to these major schools. You have people basically just brokering deals and paying players directly. It is, it, it is nuts. It has gone crazy. What you need to do, and I've said this on past shows, You can have this. You got to have names. and your likeness, and you're not going to be able to put the genie back in the bottle. So NIL needs to be there. You can't put the genie back in. It's only fair to have it. But with all that said, you got to have a tighter window. It can't just be players leaving whenever. Can't be players leaving whenever. You got to have a tighter window. So you tighten the window a little bit. You have a January after the national championship portal you have a January window a couple weeks in January maybe if you want to do December and January for teams that aren't in that obviously December January obviously you're playing you're not going to be transferring so maybe December January you have a portal window you close it off in February and March maybe you open up again after spring practice because if you if you lose a spot if you don't have a spot on the roster if you have some disagreement with the coach whatever you then have a couple more weeks and you can choose to leave. And that will be where Jordan Addison falls in. He could still have done this. It wouldn't even be because he's losing a position, obviously. He's the best receiver in the country. But if he wants to do this and finagle a deal and do it after spring practice, that's fine. There'd be that window. But it can't just be the Wild Wild West all year long. It can't be a situation where if a coach sneezes the wrong way at a player, they're going to choose to leave all year long, all the time. It makes it impossible in coaches as well. So you got to get all that. you got to understand both sides of it. And I too, do. I don't know if everybody does. You're really rigid on both sides there. Um, I'm not seeing tons in the chat there on this topic. We, I, we always get more Steelers, but feel free to get in on this. I know there was some chat action when Mike and I talked about this in past episodes of mike would Up. So hit that up, of course. You can find that on a playlist here on the channel, of course, throughout our now family of networks. And you can find that on Apple Podcasts, Spotify wherever you get your podcast, if you just want to listen to it as well as mic drop can be heard as well as watched on any of those podcast medium. So again, Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, any of those, but it's now, you got to have name, image and likeness to make it fair. It's not fair for everyone to get paid except for the guys name image, and likeness that's generating the revenue, but it's also gone just nuts. And Pitt ends up being a victim of it here with Jordan Addison, just ends up happening. So, though, if I don't have anything else, I will complete my dropping of the mic here. I do see still some of you in the chat, so feel free to come at me if you want. But, again, find our newest edition of Chris Carter over there at Steelers now as we beef up that Steelers coverage and certainly have – a lot on tap throughout the Sports Now family of networks. Also, hit us up with Pittsburgh Sports Now, WV Sports Now, Disney Sports Now. This conversation all obviously implies to them. And all these schools are losing players, gaining players, losing players, gaining players. Jordan Addison is that biggest player to lose, obviously. So that easily is a focus there. Addison just got 3.5. Yeah, if you're talking about 3.5 million, there it is. Yes, that's exactly why. Yeah, you, I mean, again, you cannot hate a kid for taking money. I'm not going to hate a kid. I'm not going to hate anybody. For taking a chance at money. If you can go get some money, go get it. I don't care what you're doing. I'm never gonna criticize anybody. You leave a team, you go to leave a company, leave a relationship. If there's more money at the end, okay, that's the world we're living in. That's fine. I'm not gonna criticize that, but certainly murky waters, certainly murky waters there with Way Lincoln Riley handled this. The man was in Los Angeles before he was really able to officially transfer, before he was in the transfer portal. It looked like he was in LA. That's not what was supposed to happen. Obviously, Texas gets involved briefly as well. Then it appears USC. It's just, the, I don't think this was intended. You got to have it be fair with name and likeness, but this has basically become a pro situation. And you do also have the combination of the National Football League and college football are in bed with each other. They're clearly, they've been. The reason why a player can't go or why the NFL cares about this, can't go right from high school to the NFL, yeah, 99.9% of them aren't ready like maybe you can have a LeBron James in basketball, is even going to be more rare to have somebody ready as a football player with that brutality and the physicality and how much you get hit in the NFL, even in comparison of college football. So I don't know if anyone's going to be ready or we've seen anybody who was ready recently. I don't even know if Maurice correct, was ready back 15 plus years ago when he tried to do it. But again, if you can enter war, why not? So if somebody wants to employ you and you want to accept the employment, it might be a bad idea but I can't hold that against you. But the reason why this exists, the NFL wants college football to thrive as well. And yeah, there's the USFL, there's the XFL now, but the college football system is the minor league to the NFL. And maybe popularity is not even minor, but it's a minor league feeder system to the NFL. The NFL loves having guys, having draft picks, having first and second round picks, having a whole draft litter with, stars that are already established college football establishes molds the stars they then go to the nfl kenny pickett's already known and a star in general certainly in the market when you get drafted by a team in the market staying in pittsburgh with the steelers playing at Pitt in college he's already a star if he was playing at a you know, rec league or some maybe USFL or xfl they are leagues. They're minor leagues now. They—they they can run. They can be successful. They've had their moments. I don't know if it's going to be the same thing. So even before those leagues existed, college football has molded and shaped the stars. Had made the stars of top draft picks before they get to the National Football League. Also, it makes them better. It makes them more ready to go. Again, you think it would have done this out of high school? Obviously, wouldn't have been close. He wasn't even a great player until a couple years ago, and then became arguably the greatest quarterback in pit history. So he had a whole maturation process of five years at Pitt. And that helps him get to the NFL now at 27. So college football has acted as that minor league, that feeder system, that improvement ground, that star creating ground for the national football league. And the NFL doesn't want to screw that up by getting rid of that. They want that rule in place. They don't want to kill college football and have a guy be there for one year and then bounce. They love to have him molded and have college football be solid as well. But it does end up being a situation that is clearly screwed up when you have going back to what Nick Saban said and what others have said and what I'm saying and what is true where you're a player like Jordan Addison you go you take an NIL deal you're looking at 3.5 mil you're better off than some NFL draft picks so maybe if the NFL draft existed for you and you could go right to the NFL draft maybe you would have maybe this wouldn't even be a thing you'd leave Pitt you wouldn't be putting the cough you don't play with Slovis, but you played with Pickett. Pitt fans love you. You cry later on. You get your jersey retired. There's no problem there. You don't deal with this murkiness. Doesn't matter. You go to the NFL and get your money there if you're ready to go. But maybe he still would have done all this because maybe the deal at USC for 3.5 not getting hit nearly as much or as brutal as you would in the National Football League going to sunny California and having a chance to mold your star power even more and be in that market, or even if he would have done the Texas thing, maybe that's more attractive. So maybe it wouldn't even matter. Maybe that's more attractive. Maybe it wouldn't have mattered. Last dibs here for the chat. Again, I want to remind you, hit us up all throughout social media. Of course, find this, find me, dropping the mic here throughout apple podcast stitcher spotify anywhere you get your podcast where you can listen to podcasts as well as of course here on pittsburgh sports live to watch here on our youtube channel and throughout the now family of networks wherever this show when you ever my, wherever any of my shows would apply of course throughout the sports now universe that we have kind of created and of course you can find me on twitter at mike ostie 11 so of course go find me there on twitter at mike ostie 11 you can go back at me there I will engage with you there if you don't want to do it here and you're bashful in the chat. But we had some minor chat action, usually more when I do this, to be honest. But this kind of was makeshift. I didn't promote it a little bit earlier, but I know this likely was done at a time when you guys were driving home from work. So I don't know if that maybe worked time wise for you. Maybe we'll amend in that regard. But anything else in the chat, I'm not seeing it here. I do see many of you stuck with me for this whole thing and are still sticking with me. So I appreciate it, even if you don't chat along. Again. It's fun to relitigate. You can go back and relitigate the Steelers draft from a couple years ago. I don't think it's a bad draft. Saying it's a bad draft, that's ridiculous. Saying Najee Harris is to blame that he's a bad player or he's not an impact player, that's ridiculous, okay? He had had to make chicken salad out of chicken you know what, okay? And he did at times. And he had a solid year. He had a record-breaking year. Nothing against Najee at all. But you don't maybe draft a running back in the first round with a really bad offensive line and a short shelf life for the position that's the argument against drafting a running back naji whoever else okay it wouldn't have matter and you don't need him to win championships that's been proven so i'm not gonna my, my final mic drops here for this broadcast i'm not hating on Najee. naji it's not naji harris's fault at all he's a good player he had a good good year he is an impact guy but you don't draft running backs in the first round so pff You're kind of correct. The draft wasn't bad, but you're kind of correct a little bit on the early rounds. Certainly on the first round, I wouldn't have taken Najee in the first round with an offensive line that bad. It is a problem. It will be a problem a couple of years from now. You won't get out of it what you want out of a first round draft pick, but no shade to Najee. Najee had a great year, great player, and did it in a really horrible situation overall. Nick Saban? Nick Saban dropped the mic. Nick Saban is correct. Nick Saban is not wrong. Nick Saban is rarely wrong, and when, peace, when he speaks, people really do listen. However, Nick Saban's the wrong guy to be saying anything he's saying because he's fine regardless of the situation he's sitting pretty. I'm Mike Osti, and that was a mic drop, or mic drops, I guess you could say. Thank you for listening to Believe.